Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectivet and I'm joined by Paul Gallagher, also known as the Voice of Value, to take a look at Saturday's live racing on ITV. How are you this week, Paul? Um, okay, I'm actually nursing a bit of a hangover, truth be told, uh, so I'm feeling a wee bit fragile, but we'll plough on regardless. Play. I'm not brave enough to go out on a school night these days and nurse a hangover when I've got work the next day, so fair play stupid, to you. Stupid move, I don't know what, what we were thinking about, but we are where we are now. Ah, well, it is Christmas, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of those in the coming weeks ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not looking forward to them now, but perhaps... Uh, Perhaps once I've got this weekend out of the way, I'll be all right again. Well, I hope you've sobered up, sobered up enough to pick a few winners for tomorrow. We're going to take a look at the live racing on ITV as usual. But before we do that, unfortunately, we're going to have to have, have a wee look at last week. And it was our first whitewash since we started to record the podcast. So I guess we're probably due one, um, especially on a day when the card looked really difficult from the off. Yeah, sad times. Not nice to have a... Not nice to have... A lack of winners, um, but it, to be honest, we were we were doing pretty well stats-wise anyway. I, I was just going over the stats there, I need to update them. But what I'll do is um, I'll update them and put them in the put them in the article when I'm putting it up in Mister Fix-It's Tips site. I suppose after a after a few losses, it's a good time to take stock and actually see are we still ahead of the game. And the stats are still pretty good when you when you spread out across the last what, eight weeks or whatever it is. Um, we're okay, but yeah, just it's it's. It, we kind of talked about this before. Um, when you're picking 10, 16, 20 to one shots, there's going to come a point where you know you, you don't get you don't get any winners, and, and sometimes don't get any places like we had last week. Just unfortunate, can't be helped. I'm not particularly concerned about it. If it happens, you know, two, three, four weeks in a row, then you start to think, right, am I doing something wrong or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's fine. It's just variance. Yep, it's definitely a long-term game, um, as the old horse racing, so much more so than football, for example. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things when you're punting on the racing, I guess. That's it, and you can't, you can't get to, try not to get too down about it. Obviously, you get emotionally involved and enjoy the racing as the sport and all that, but you just have to be kind of um, try not to chase your losses and you know all that crazy stuff. Um, just kind of just keep. Keep on keeping on, as they say. <laughs> yeah, so it's onwards and upwards, and there's some really good racing tomorrow. There's, what, eight races, I think it is, live on ITV4 tomorrow from Aintree and Sandown. And the first is the 1.30, which looks a bit of a precursor for those who've got an eye on the Grand National next year. That's exactly it, yeah. The Beecher Chase is always a good indicator of um, horses that will be going for entry for the, the Grand National in... Um, in April, it's actually run over the same fences, those famous um, birch fences that they run the Grand National over. And there's a very few races um, during the course of the season that are actually um, where they jump those fences. So horses don't have a lot of opportunities to try it out other than uh, in the Grand National itself. So there's actually two races today and we'll, we'll touch on the Grand Sefton later on, but uh, the first of them is the Beecher and with it being a fairly decent stamina test as well, you're looking at horses here. Yeah, Part of the problem with this race is if a horse has been aimed at the Grand National in April, do they want to go and actually win this race? Mm-hmm. I think what a lot of trainers want to do and owners is get the horse a run in this 
get round, enjoy, see if the horse enjoys the test over the you know the different fences, but not necessarily win it by ten lengths and hammer their handicap mark, and then they've got no chance in the Grand National. So you have to try and spot those horses as well and try and work out right, who's actually been aimed at this race to win it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of makes it, it makes it a wee bit trickier because the Grand good. National is so unique and, yeah. and it's the sort of the be all and end all when it comes to handicaps um, in the UK. You know, it kind of makes this a little bit tricky. This is where it feels like the dark arts of horse racing really kick in. You know, you've got a race, you've got potentially 18 running in it, but actually, how many of them want to win it? Want to win it well? It's really tricky. It is, and it's 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 can be frustrating at times that side of the game because trying to explain that to a newcomer to the game, it's they just say, ah, oh, well, it's it's crooked, it's, it's bent, it's corrupt. Yeah, yeah it's rigged. Like, well, it's not it's not quite like that. Um, it's just that you know, it's like it's like if um, Neil Lennon makes three changes um, in this team against Hamilton because he's got um, he's got the Scottish Cup or the League Cup final on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. things like that you know yeah. you know they're not cheating they're just you know they're just sort of managing the course of the season so yeah. racing's like that as well you can't have horses peaking every week or every other week you've got to manage it and build them up um, and target certain races but yeah it's, it can be frustrating when you particularly when it's obvious ones you see a drift in the market beforehand and a horse is out the back of the telly and just no sort of race that's mm-hmm. frustrating yeah. um yeah does that, so does that does that mean watching the betting is maybe more important in these races where you get a, a sign that you know that money's coming for certain horses? There's, the word is out that certain horses are, are likely to be trying in this one more than others, and that's obviously illustrated by the money that's coming. Definitely, um, I think that is that it's very it's it can be a very good indicator of who's really going for it. Um, interestingly, one that a good example in this year's race um, is a horse Vintage Clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, who is uh, Trevor Hemmings' own horse. Trevor Hemmings always um, targets his horses at the, um, at the Grand National. It ran in the Grand National last year and fell. Um, but I think, he, you know, I, I quite fancied it last year, but it fell at the first fence. Um, and I think it, you know, you'll be trying to go back and improve um, on that this, this year, obviously. So you're thinking in the back of your mind, well, I don't think he probably wants to win this. He wants to just get a safe round of jumping. But it's been pretty well supported in the market. So I'm thinking, well, actually, maybe maybe they're thinking, let's just go, let's just go and win this. Um, you know, it won't won't bump the handicap mark up to, to so that it's carrying a huge weight because it's it's off an official rate of one four five just now. So but one may go up to one fifty or one fifty two, something like that. That's still a, a pretty good rating to be on to get into the Grand National and, and, and have a decent run. So you might see Vintage Clouds actually perform quite well. I'm not going to back them <laughs> because I can't have a horse that fell at the first fence in the Grand National and then um, going over these fences again. I'd have to see that he can do it before um, before I could get behind them. Yeah. So there are two that I've picked out at big prices. Um, as I say, we're not, we're not changing our philosophy of trying to find um, value just because we didn't have a winner last week. Um the first of those, and the one that I probably prefer, is a horse called Wandering Star. Um, it's trained by a master trainer, Kim Bailey, who's been around for donkey's years um, since my dad was in shorts. And he's trained a Grand National winner, in fact, in the past. Um, and so he, he knows what's required to get horses um, round this course and over these fences. He, This horse looks like an, a potential improver to me. Um, still only eight years old. And... Won quite nicely last time out at Wincanton. 
um, has gone up four pounds for that, which is fair. Um, I think if he takes to these fences, it could be could be good value. Um, and you're getting currently getting twenty to one with Paddy Power, who are paying five places, trying to get the five places in this race. Um, so that's the first one I fancy, Wandering Star. The second one um, is a horse that actually won at the Cheltenham Festival back in March. A horse called Lebrul. Now this is one that could well be going for the Grand National. So it's one to, you know to be wary of. Watch the bet, and if it drifts significantly, then um, you know don't go crazy with it. But um, it was thirty-three to one last night, and it's now into base price of twenty-five to one. So I think there is some interest in it. And it's a sort of horse that's, that looks like it could be quite progressive. It was a novice last season, um, and this is its first season in sort of open company, as it were, um, chasing. They gave it a spin over hurdles um, last week. Sorry, uh, last month, the 2nd of November. And um, it was pulled up, but it, that just looked like it was, you know, get the season started and um, give it a spin and then, you know, go on to more important things later on and I think um, I think it could run really well here if it, if it takes the fences quite keen on it Okay so your two in the first race is Wandering Star at 20 to 1 and Libro at currently 25 to 1 um, any word for one for Arthur? Yeah former winner of the, of the Grand National um, and we'll probably be going back there again uh, I think should go well we know that he enjoys the fences. I just wonder um, whether... Well, I thought he was a bit short-priced, to be honest. I um, just wonder whether his big day will be um, one one more crack at the uh, at the 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 big one, you know, come April. So I, yeah. I thought 8-1 to one was a little bit a little bit short. short yeah. OK, no worries. That gets us off uh, in the first race with a couple of tips anyway. Now, we're going to skip over the next two races, which is the 150 at Sandown and the 5 past 2 at Entry. Both of them are no bets for you. Yeah, nothing that jumped out at me in either race. The the 205 at Entry, very briefly, um, there's sort of three at the top of the market, that, or three or four, rather, at the top of the market that are much of a muchness. There's quite a few unraced horses in here um, because it's a juvenile hurdle, so they're all fairly young. Um, and I just thought there was nothing um, that, that took the fancy. There was nothing from my notebook that I liked. I just thought, no, we'll give that one, give that one a skip. Uh, the one fifty at Sandown. Uh, so just check my notes here. Yeah, I actually, I think this will be a really good race. But it's just, there's just nothing in it for me that um, that jumped out as a value bet. Torpedo of Torpedo is the favourite, um, and I think it's probably. A, a fair favourite, but I think also respect um, Nubian Egra and some of our boys well, so it'll be a cracking race to watch and it'll give us some indicators for the festival um, pr- probably for the Arco, which is the, the novice chase over two miles at the festival in March okay. um, you know, these are some of the better um, contenders for that race, so it'll be a good one to watch, but um, nothing that particularly jumped out at me Okay, so that takes us on to the 2.25 and you've got your eye on the top weight in this one yeah, um, quite an interesting one. This actually, um, there's, some, there's some lovely horses in this. It's a, a listed hurdle race, um, but it's still a handicap. Um, and I thought that although um, song for someone's carrying top weight, I think it's a really potential improver, um, and quite fancied it. Um, I thought the conditions would be ideal, um, and 
I think there's a bit of um, juice in its its current mark, uh, current handicap marks. It's, it's very lightly raced, um, so that was the one I fancied as as a decent each way show. I would have had it a good bit shorter in the market and maybe a bit closer to Malaya, who looks like it'll probably go off favourite. Um, she's a she's a lovely mare. Um, she you know wouldn't pay anyone off her, but just at the prices, um, I just thought song for someone was the the value each way bet against uh, against Malaya. Okay, um, moving on to the 2.40 entry and only four run, but this could be one of the most exciting races of the day with Native River and Might Bite renewing their old rivalry. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, there's probably an argument that the two of them are just maybe below the top, top standard in the, in the sort of stay and chase championship division, um, but they're both cracking horses. Um, I'm actually going to have a bet in this. Um, I think Native River at even money is, is a fair bet. Um, the reason being, um, I think might bite might be all done, <laughs> um, for want of a better phrase. Uh, I think possibly has peaked and is now is now regressing. Um, it was pulled up at the festival in the Gold Cup in March. We've not seen him since. He was poor um, when he was actually sent off favourite for the the King George back in December of last year, and and I just wonder whether. Um, you know, he's, he's sort of passed his best effectively, and he's only a nine year old, so you know, he shouldn't. Sorry, he's the 10 now, I, I should say, but you know, he shouldn't really have got totally over the hill. But just sometimes horses, you know, develop in different ways, and I just think he's probably um, or possibly passed his best. And I think Native River is um, fairly lightly raced for a, for a nine year old, and is, is quite a, an honest horse and finds plenty. So I think. Um, Against Mike Bite, I quite fancy Native River. The third one to consider is Black Corton, um, ridden by Bryony Frost. Bryony Frost, she'll probably be quite popular. Um, Bryony, you know, she's a sort of media darling at the moment. Um, in fact, she just won Jockey of the Year um, at an awards do um, during the week, which is pretty cool for her and it's good for the sport. But yeah. I think I, I don't, I don't really rate Black Corton quite as highly as, uh, as the other two there. And Outlander is definitely past his best. So. For me, it's Native River and a fairly confident, even money favourite bet, which is quite unusual for me. But yeah, we'll have a few points on that one. Yeah, I see he's actually available at eleven to ten in a few places. Bet three six five, Ladbrokes uh, bet friend oh, as well. Great. So um, yeah, might might be able to squeeze a wee bit more value out of oh, that one. Okay, next up, next up is the Tingle Creek Steeplechase. It's Sandown, and you've got a, this. Well, looking at this one, it's going to be a commentator's nightmare with. Delphi de Soy, <laughs> Un de So, So Royale. <laughs> uh, good luck to the commentators tomorrow. Yeah, plenty of, plenty of French horses here. Um, I think, to be fair, the, the boys that do the commentary, they just sort of pick a pick up pronunciation and stick with it, whether that's <laughs> <laughs> right or not. And, just, and uh, the rest of us follow suit. Um, a good race. You have to respect Delphi de Soy. Um, came quite close to, to just saying, actually, yeah, you know, it's, it's Delphi de Soy native river double. But um, the fact that there's eight runners and uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah there's eight runners, um, and hopefully all eight of them go to post. If they do, I think um, Janica is a is a pretty good or Yannika. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one either. Just, um, just but, pick one and stick uh, with it. I, 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 yeah, we'll go for Janika then, right? <laughs> um, I think he is a pretty good value each way. Show. I think he's got. Lots of potential progress. Um, won really nicely um, 
to get his season up and running at Exeter last time in November um, in what I thought was a pretty good race, the, the, the Halden Gold Cup. Um, and the interest, I think the reason we're getting a decent price about him is because Daryl Jacob, um, the jockey who rides for these owners, um, Simon Muneer and Isaac Swade, he's their sort of retained rider. Mm-hmm. He's decided to ride Score Royale instead. Um, so Score Royale is a bit shorter in the market. But there could be a number of reasons for that. Um, they might have decided that James Bowen was more suited to riding Janika, or Nicky Henderson might have said, oh, well, look, James Bowen's been riding the horse out, or whatever. We don't know the details. It doesn't always mean they fancy that one better. And also, as, as jockeys like Ruby Walsh and Tony McCoy will tell you, um, they often get it wrong when they've got the choice of horses yeah, yeah. to ride. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think James Bowen is actually a fantastic jockey, so um, that's not a concern at all. I just think, as a six year old, um, with potential improvement, I think Janika has, has has got the potential to improve past uh, Score Royale and a few of the others here. And I thought, and we're getting a, a nice each way price. So that's the yeah. That's the There looks a few very good horses in this race. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, there's a horse waiting patiently who kind of um, didn't perform particularly well last season, but was um, the sort of great white hope. That, you know, the, uh, the season before that, and was was considered a potential. Um, I think we're talking the Gold Cup at one point, although they're dropping back to, to two miles here. I'm pretty sure they were talking the Gold Cup for waiting patiently. But, you know, there's horses like that all the way down. Um, and so there's quite good strength and depth, and it'll be real good fun. Undersoul's just an old campaigner. It keeps yeah. coming back from a brilliant, great horse. Um, so it'll be a really good race. Definitely just all the one to beat, but Janika the value, I think. Yeah, so the advice here is if, as long as eight run, then Janika with each way places available is the one to be on this one. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay, we move quickly on to the three fifteen entry. We're fourteen running. There's a couple in this that you fancy. Yeah, this is the um, the Grand Sefton that I touched on earlier. So it's run over the Grand National fences as well, um, but it's run over um, a slightly shorter distance, two mile five furlongs. So you're looking for one that can jump, but also has a bit of pace, and you're less likely to be finding horses going for this who are going to go for the Grand National because you're talking about a very different distance. It's almost, the Grand National's almost double this, uh, yeah. this distance. Um, so, we can clear our minds a bit better um, when it comes to, you know, who's trying and who's not trying and all that stuff that we touched on earlier um, with the Beecher Chase. The one that I like here is a Venetia Williams horse, Dedero Vallis. I'm currently 10 to 1. Um, it needed the run for the last two seasons, um, it's sort of first run to get to get it back into back into top shape. Some horses are great first time out of the season, and other horses it takes them a bit of time to get going. He seems to be one who is the latter. Um, so he was pulled up at Ascot in his first run of the season a couple of weeks ago. Um, let's not worry too much about that. Forgive him that, and then look at what he's done in the past. Um, he was placed at the festival um, at Cheltenham in March, um, and it you know just looks up progressive chaser he's still only six years old so he's only had six runs and chases so there's loads of potential there and i think Venetia can get a bit more out of him um and i just thought he was decent each way value in this one um the, the, there's a few that are quite short i mean i do like flying angel looks to be ideally placed for the race but too short in the betting gold present don't fancy at all far too short Touch Kick definitely has a shout. Ultra Gold's a previous winner of the race, and I think was second last year as well. 
has to be taken seriously, but six to one, you know. So there's a few. I think some of them will drift out. I, I can't see them all, you know, staying that short. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, the Daryl Vallis is, is the value um, near the top of the market. As we go down, I'm going to have sort of half a point each way, a smaller bet on a on a huge price um, horse called Bow Bay. Now um, I, I've heard that you like Bow Bay. Oh dear me! I thought this was a family podcast. <laughs> well, it's, it's eighteen plus, and that was one for our Glaswegian listeners. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Bobby, uh, <laughs> uh, and I wasn't expecting that gang to be fair. That's very good for you. Um, <laughs> he was ninth in the Topham handicap, which is the other race ran um, at the fest- the Aintree Festival in April over these fences um, so we know we can get round um, that wasn't a fantastic performance but it was okay um, and you know that experience will stand him in good stead unseated his rider um, on the first race of the season this year we'll, we'll sort of we're forgiving him that and that's built into the price that's why we're getting 40 to 1 there's actually 50 to 1 in some places but I'm taking 40 to 1 for the extra place and I just think looking back through his form um, he's got a chance and you know relatively well handicapped and, and should get round and, and give us a run for our money at a pretty big price so small HP on him as well yeah always worth a, a small interest at those kind of prices I guess that's it if you find one you think oh a bit bigger than I thought it should be um, it's, you know no, no harm in having a small each way good stuff so the last race looks a bit of a slog 3 mile 4 furlong and it's at Sandown for the Betfair London National Handicap Steeplechase yeah London Nationals it's, it's one of these sort of marathon um, tests and sometimes you'll find horses here that are um, going to be aimed at the Grand National later on in the season Um this one is another where there's a few near the top of the market that are a bit too short, I thought. Um, and there's a couple of old boys. Ublon de Zobo deserves a mention. It's just one of those horses that keeps coming back. Um, but I think this might be a bit beyond them uh, on, on this occasion, carrying top weight. Um, should be fairly tricky. The one that I like is um, a slightly younger horse called Sharp Response. Um, Sue Smith trains the horse. Um a nice second last time out at Haydock um, when he was just beaten by a, a sort of an improving horse in Creve Hill for the Twiston Davis Yard. Um, but Sharp Response finished well ahead of the rest, and there was actually some pretty good horses in behind. A horse called Single Farm Payment, uh, Burton's Well, the favourite, was well beaten. Um, you know, a, a decent quality race that. It didn't go up in the handicap for finishing second that day, um, probably because he was beaten a, a fair distance by the winner. Um, but I think that's quite fair. And he has got good form um, over marathon trips. He won at Catterick last year, uh, last January, um, over a considerable marathon trip. It was like it was nearly four miles actually that race. Um, so I think he's got a pretty good chance. Um, and I thought decent each way value. Okay, so sharp response in the three thirty-five, and that's what about nine to one at the moment. Yeah, I think it was a bit of 10 to 1 with Bet Victor. Um, oh, sorry, that's the dog. Okay, hello. <laughs> um, yeah, 10 to 1 with Bet Victor. And again, this is a race where um, there's four places available from some of the bookies. So, so try to get that if you can, because it could be it could be important um, when it comes down to it. Yeah, it sounds like the dog's got a bit of 10 to 1 there. Aye, uh, sharp response from him as well. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so that's 
I was going to say that's all eight races covered, but we've skipped a couple of them this week uh, due to not fancying anything. So can you just recap on our tips for the weekend? I can indeed. Um, I'll start with the four races from Aintree. The 130, I've got two selections in this in the beach chase. Wandering Star, 20 to 1. Um, get the five places with Paddy Power and Le Brule, 25 to 1 again, um, yeah, that's available with Paddy Power, five places. The 205 no bet. The 240 Native River, um, there's some 11 to 10 out there and that's a, a win bet. The 315 I've got two in this as well. Didero Vallis, each way, 10 to 1 with William Hill, who are paying four places and Bobby <laughs> at 42. We're never going to be able to say that name again without sniggering no. on the um, 40 to 1, that was with Bet Victor, and they're also paying four places. And then down at Sandown, the 150 is a no bet for me. 225, Song for Someone, um, 8 to 1, I think. And again, there's extra places on offer with William Hill and Paddy Power. Um, they're both doing quite well, actually, um, with the extra places this week. Yeah. Uh, the three o'clock Janika nine to one each way with Ladbrokes and Bet three six five. Just be careful that when you go to put your bets on that there are actually still eight runners in the race, um, and so you're getting three places. If it drops down to seven, it'll probably be a no bet for me that race. So it's important okay. to bear that in mind. And then finally the three thirty five sharp response ten to one each way with Bet Victor, who are paying four places. Perfect. Now I'm going to make a deal with you if. Bobby wins. I'm going, I'm going to buy you a catapult for Christmas to take care of those seagulls. <laughs> Can you hear them again this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like they're having fun right enough. And I'm a real animal lover, but I have to draw the line at seagulls. That well, pace. a catapult. It's cheaper than buying you double glazing, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so, a catapult it is. Come on there, Bobby. <laughs> so, thanks for that. Um, don't forget, you can follow Paul on Twitter at Voice of Va- sorry at the Voice of Value, and you can follow the Gambler account at Gambler Tips. Don't forget, as ever, to rate and review the podcast if you can, if you're listening to it on iTunes, and also just to mention again that we're also available on the Google Podcast app, so just search for Gambler there and you should be able to find us. I'll be back on Monday this week with Greg to have a look at the Champions League matches. We've also already got this weekend's football podcast available, so if you've not already listened to that, please do so. There's plenty of tips in there for uh, Saturday. Uh, Paul and I will be back next week, next Friday, to preview next Saturday's racing, as ever. So thanks for listening. Hope that we've unearthed a few winners for you out there uh, for Saturday. Uh, Best of luck with your bets, and thanks to Paul for joining me once again. No problem at all. There's actually there's some racing next Friday as well on ITV, so I'll give you a shout. We might do a we might do another bonus yeah, podcast, but we'll, we'll tweet about that. Yeah. Excellent. Look forward to it. All right. Cheers, Paul. Cheers. Thank you.